yeah, I do see myself as a man. I'm very comfortable as the man I am. But at the same time, I do have a past and I'm not ashamed of that. Nine out of ten articles, nine out of ten images, nine out of ten TV programs are often not very positive around trans issues. Beauties, skin deep, things like that. It, there's aspects to it that are obviously true. You do judge somebody based on their, the first thing you see. My name is Paris Lees. I'm a journalist, activist and presenter. Earlier this year, I presented the hate debate on Radio 1. And in the programme, I outed myself to the mass media as being transgender. I told you earlier that I was bisexual. But what I didn't mention is that I'm also transgender. So I was born male and now I'm female. In this Radio 1 story... I'll be meeting young transgender people in the UK and finding out what life is like for them. You know, I certainly felt frightened and ashamed. I had no idea what I was going to do with this new information. It was terrifying. I don't necessarily identify as either female or male. I think people take the difference between genders to be so, like, absolute and important and, like, unchangeable. There's a lot more of us around than you would know. I mean, you have probably been sat on the tube next to one of us. You've been served in a shop by one of us and you just haven't known. But this isn't just their story. Last year, an article appeared in music magazine Rolling Stone, and in it, the lead singer of punk rock band Against Me came out as being transgender. In the space of one article, she became one of the most high-profile transgender people in America, and with it, the poster girl for trans people the world over. Her name is Laura Jane Grace, and this is her story. My name is Laura Jane Grace. I'm 32 years old. I'm married, and I have a daughter. I'm also a singer in a punk band called Against Me. We've toured and sold out venues all over the world. I'm also transgender. You're coming off kind of contrived and pretentious. You're not saying anything we haven't heard before. You got up in an argument. Oh, oh, you're so lost in modern. February of 2012, I came out as trans to to my wife and to my band and to my family. I'd struggled with the decision to come out. I mean, I've struggled with it my whole life, but making the actual decision to, to make a choice to do something about it, I, I really rested on for about two years straight. I came out publicly in Rolling Stone magazine. You know, really, geez, after that, it kind of all became a little bit of a whirlwind. first came onto my radar when she did this big bold coming out piece in Rolling Stone magazine. It was really refreshing to see someone so high profile in her industry being so unapologetic, so proud and open. And I think it really reflects changing attitudes towards transgender people and how comfortable we feel as a community. I wake up in the morning and I drink from the fountain. I wake up in the morning with the same unanswered questions. I don't know what's going to 
I decided to come out in Rolling Stone to start expressing my gender identity that I felt like if I were to do without coming out publicly, that would have been met with much more ridicule than just being open. If I wouldn't have come out and I would have started appearing in women's clothes or if the effects of HRT, had, you know, apparent to people or wearing makeup even, I feel like it would have been met with a lot of ridicule. It would be more detrimental to my career, you know, to my life than if I was just out front and honest. There's the other side of it too, that it's like, I know a lot of people. So like the idea of one-on-one -on -one having to like sit down and have a million conversations with people telling them what I was doing seemed a little daunting and being able to do just one broad sweeping like thing that answered any questions people might have had and just kind of laid it all out there you know it's definitely a luxury that I have you know the ability to do that not every trans person has the ability to do that but you know in my in my case it, it seemed like a something that would be positive to do when I was younger there wasn't really any information available about about trans issues I didn't necessarily understand the difference between say the words transvestite or transsexual or transgender transgender that word didn't exist to me until my 20s probably so when you're younger you don't have anywhere to look or have anywhere to turn as I've gotten older and the, the issue has become more and more in the spotlight with you know the internet being out there there are more and more resources for people. Transgender, well, something that's a guy or girl that wants to switch to being another sex. Um, off the top of my head, I guess it means someone that's not comfortable with the gender that they've been assigned and want to choose their own. Someone who wants to be something other than what they were born as and change their gender. Well, my body of a male, mind of a woman. Transgender, somebody who wishes to be another sex but is the other, the other sex. In this program, you might hear words that you've never heard before. So let me explain a few to you now. There wasn't really any information available about about trans issues. I didn't necessarily understand the difference between, say, the words transvestite or transsexual or transgender. A transvestite could be a boy who likes wearing clothes that we normally think of being for girls, or a girl that likes wearing clothes that were designed for boys. A transsexual person might actually feel that they're in the wrong body and take steps to change their body so that they feel more comfortable. So there are lots of different words. And the important thing, actually, is not to get too bogged down in the jargon. So it just kind of came out, and I just said, you know, to everyone, I'm, I'm transsexual, I plan on pursuing gender transition, and that's that. What does transitioning mean? You might have heard the term sex change, but actually this just refers to people who want to change their body physically through surgery. But transition is when somebody goes from one gender to another, and that can involve lots of different things like changing your name, changing the clothes that you wear, and telling your friends and family. So there's lots of different elements to consider. Mike, you know, like, you go through these bouts of extreme dysphoria, and then you're able to push it aside. Dysphoria just means unhappiness. It's like the opposite of euphoria. Having gender dysphoria is just feeling unhappy about the way that people perceive you and your body compared to the way that you feel inside. I know from personal experience that gender dysphoria can be really upsetting and take you to some really dark places. One, two, one, two. When I was at the point of trying to decide whether or not to come out, it was like looking into other people's stories, listening to other people's stories, hearing what they had to say. 
and realizing, okay, that's me. You know, like you go through these bouts of extreme dysphoria and then you're able to push it aside. You know, it's like binging and purging. You swear off cross-dressing. You swear off dressing in women's clothes and you pile it into a garbage bag and you throw it away and you commit, okay, I'm going to be male. I'm going I'm to be male. I'm going to forget about this. I'm going to move on. But then it comes back. And when, you know, you're 30 plus years old, you realize that, okay, well, this is the pattern that's going to exist for the rest of my life, you know, and can I continue to live like this? Am I going to be 60 years old and get caught dressed up in women's clothes and have to like suffer that kind of embarrassment? Or do I own it, try embrace it and deal with the issue and sort through it? Even though Laura came out very publicly in Rolling Stone magazine last year, it wasn't the first time she tried to out herself. She tried to do it before through her music. Back in 2005, a track called Searching for a Former Clarity hinted at her feelings. And in the journal you kept By the side of your bed You wrote nightly an aspiration Of developing as an author Confessing childhood secrets of dressing up in women's clothes Compulsions you never knew The reasons to And more recently, in 2007, with a song called The Ocean. I wrote the song The Ocean on a day off on a tour of Europe in 2006. And we were um, on the coast in France. We had a big band dinner, smoked a joint afterwards. And it all just kind of came out in freeform thought and just like one thing. You know, I was aware that, that the lyrics did out me in a sense, but at the same time, I didn't want to change it. I remember, though, recording the song in the studio and, and stopping during a vocal take and asking everybody in, in the room if it was a weird line. And no one said anything. They're just like, no, go with it. song the ocean if i could have chosen i would have been born a woman was probably the most direct least metaphorical lyric i've ever laid out there prior to coming out about gender dysphoria the song the ocean was on our fourth record and at that point i had already been for years putting songs on records that were talking about gender dysphoria just people weren't interpreting them in that way stop take some time to think figure out what's important to you stop take some time to think Figure out what's important to you. Stop. Take some time to think. Figure out what's important to you. you. Gotta make a serious decision. I came out to my band unexpectedly. I didn't necessarily mean to do it. We were all sitting in the studio 
Jordan, our manager, too. And uh, the record that we were that we've been working on was untitled at that point, and a lot of the songs on it really, really directly deal with gender dysphoria. A period of time when you start working on songs in a band where you know when everyone's in the practice space or whatever, and it's just lyrics coming over the PA and the guitars are loud and raging, no one can really make out the lyrics. So I had. A period of time where no one could really tell what I was talking about. You know, it's not like I passed out lyric sheets at practice and told everybody. Um, but then I reached a point kind of where I realized that people were going to start hearing what the lyrics were and I should probably address it, otherwise, it would be misinterpreted. So it kind of reached that point and we were sitting in the studio and we were having a talk. I forget what we were specifically talking about, but I started getting frustrated because I realized I couldn't explain myself properly to the rest of my band because I was leaving out an integral part of what I was trying to express. So it just kind of came out, and I just said, you know, to everyone, I'm I'm a transsexual. I plan on pursuing gender transition, and that's that. I kind of felt like I drop kicked everybody in the face. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of of everyone's face <laughs> right after I said it. Radio on Punk Rock Show presenter Mike Davies is a man who knows Laura better than many in the music industry. Having interviewed Laura many times in the past, we asked him about the moments he read about her coming out as a transgender woman. This is the Punk Show with Mike Davies on Radio One. So when Laura Jane came out in Rolling Stones magazine that she was uh, transgender, it shocked me because nobody saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. I talked to people who had toured with against me and were friends, and they didn't see it coming. If you're going to do something like that, it's probably best. To do it in the way she did. Just get it all out there and deal with it in just one big deal. And she did do that. And uh, I think it worked out fantastically well. I hope it worked out fantastically well for her. I know that in the punk rock scene, nobody had any complaints. Everybody was really supportive. It made me feel proud to be a, a punk rocker at that point because you kind of saw that there might be a backlash or you thought there might be a backlash, but there was nothing. Everybody was there and was excited that she was going to be who she wanted to be. And uh, I think that speaks volumes about what kind of genre this is. And I knew that the other bands and uh, people who were punk rockers would accept Laura. And that's exactly what happened. I need a remedy of diesel and dust. Something I can taste with a fix I can trust another Chuck Reagan was in the band called Hot Water Music and was touring with Laura when she came out as transgender. I caught up with Chuck when we were both in the UK and asked if he had any idea that Laura was about to come out. It was during the revival tour that uh, Laura Jane did the interview with Rolling Stone while we were actually in uh, New York City. I actually remember emailing you when it happened because I knew you were on tour and I said, uh, number one, did you see this coming? And number two, is she okay? And you were like, nope, never saw it coming and she's totally awesome. Yeah. But the thing when this was all made public, it was a non-issue. It was like, okay, cool. That's one of the coolest things about, you know, the scene, the music community that we're all a part of that we all have grown up in. And so why do you think it's so hard for the general public to accept transgender issues? It's foreign, you know, for for most people. It, you know, I know a, I know a surgeon, you know, from back home. You know, some of the stories that I've heard are just 
absolutely heartbreaking. And that's, you know, as I said earlier, I don't, I don't know if I could ever really understand, you know, what it really takes to, to, you know, have that in your life where you feel like you were dealt such a raw deal and, and that you literally have grown up in the wrong body. Like it's absolutely heartbreaking to me. And this is Laura Jane Grace's punk rock transgender story. Though transgender people are often ridiculed in comedy, laughter can be a great weapon when trying to fight negative stereotypes and perceptions. I'm thinking of people like Richard Pryor, Chris Rock and Ellen DeGeneres. These people have brought their subject matter to the mass media and, in turn, into people's homes. Comedy is something that can make people stop and think. And that's just what transgender comic Bethany Black is doing. We spoke to Bethany over Skype just before her Trans Pride gig in Brighton. Stand-up was, it was something that I'd always wanted to do. It was my dream job. And at first I didn't mention being trans because I was terrified of what the backlash would be. Over time I realised that nobody really cared inside my group of friends or in audiences. As long as I was funny, that was the thing which, went and, which, which was more important than any of those things. The first time we ever went out, sort of, as Beth. Um, I went out, we ended up going to uh, the Trafford Centre just outside Manchester and my dad was sort of like going with us and sort of like walking a couple of steps behind, you know, fists clenched in case anything kicked off, like ready to, come on, yeah, this is it. And he saw this group of lads walking towards me who all started staring at me and we could just see him just going, whatever goes on here, I'm ready for it. And then you could just see this look in his face sort of change as he went, right, they're looking at her, right, they're looking, oh God, they fancy her. (laughs) I don't know how to deal with this. The only emotion I've got right now is punch! Being trans now is kind of like it was being gay in the sort of early 90s. More people are willing to speak out about it, less people find it to be, you know, something to feel ashamed about. But it still isn't socially accepted and it still isn't socially acceptable. The media narrative was, if you told anybody that you were trans, you know, you, you would have to move away, your, your family would get attacked, you, you know, you would be disowned by your family and friends. You know, and that was, that was kind of how the narrative went and that was what I expected and that was, that was part of the reason why I was so terrified to come out before I did. And then when I did, none of that stuff happened. I didn't lose a single friend. I know that that's not the standard story, and I know that that doesn't happen for, for most people, but that's that's certainly what happened to me. In case you hadn't realised, uh, yeah, trans, male to female, transsexual, uh, butch as well, lesbian, really confuses people, that one. <laughs> what was the point? And, yeah, there's a really long explanation. What is the point of that? Surely you were in a better position to start with. And you can go into a really long and boring explanation of going, oh, well, you know, gender identity and sexuality are two entirely different things. Gender is, you know, who you want to go to bed as and sexuality is who you want to go to bed with. And you can go through all of that. And I get really bored of telling people that all the time. So whenever they ask me, I just go, penis is Ricky. You are listening to BBC Radio 1 Stories. Discover more. So have you had an operation? That's the question that transgender people get all the time. And the answer I'm giving you is the answer I will give everyone else. It's none of your business, and why does it matter if I have or haven't? I've also had people asking me questions about what's between my legs. But you wouldn't ask somebody if they'd had a circumcision, would you? So I think it's important to remember that private parts are called that for a reason. And the idea that trans people's privates aren't private 
leads to many transgender people being sexually assaulted. I had someone that thought it was all, all right to say, oh, are you packing? And they actually grabbed my groin area and I found that very invasive. And I actually pointed out that I wasn't comfortable with that. You know, and I said, you know, if I was to grab your chest area or your breast, you know, like I'd be accused of sexual harassment in this case. And the attitude was, oh, well, you need to man up. And I felt very weird about that because if someone male, you know, touches a part of a woman like that or grabs someone like that, there's a very clear definition and there's a very clear acceptance for what that is. A lot of people think that transgender is all about having an operation, but actually there's much more to it than that. Sunday surgery doctor Sanjay Power explains. Well, the positive and good news is that there's lots of really accessible and confidential support and resources that are available that can be really helpful to answer any questions and explore your feelings about transgender and any gender issues that you might have. And there's lots of support and resources available, and that can be through your GP and through support networks and national organisations. As a patient, what I would um, want to do is explore your feelings about how you've been feeling about yourself and how you've been feeling about your gender identity. And I think the most important thing at this point would be then to getting you that kind of support to really understand how you feel about yourself and then figure out the extent of change you want to go to. For some people, they don't need to go the full way to completely readdress or reassign their gender. And some people are happy addressing their identity and their gender role in society in other ways that might not involve surgery. For some people, the point may be gender reassignment but within that process actually there's a lot of steps you need to go through before you make that final change because it is a huge change and it, it will impact lots of areas of your life and so when you do make that change if you feel that's the right thing for you you feel you need to be comfortable with that as a GP, what we usually do would be refer to the gender identity specialist services. And what we'd expect from that is that you'd be going through quite a few months of psychological support and um, therapy to actually think about what's been going on and what you want to do. Even from then, there's a period where people are encouraged to live in the gender that they want to become in, in society. And then from that, within that, again, you can have then hormonal therapy within that. And then at that end point, then people will then consider surgery so it's not a very quick easy process and it shouldn't be
band was recording in South Georgia, in Valdosta, Georgia, and I went to a grocery store, and as I was paying for my groceries, at the end, the bag boy told me I was going to burn in hell. <laughs> it was so, like, astounding and jaw-dropping. It, it was something I, I couldn't even get angry at. I was just so amazed. It was I was with my guitar player, James, at the time, and I just looked at him, and I was like, did that really just happen? That was incredible. I mean, sometimes stuff like that is just so mind-blowing that you almost get happy about it in a weird way just because it's so funny. Even the small things, like going for a swim, can be the most frightening thing for a trans person. It was hard for me to navigate spaces such as going swimming or something like that because, I, you know, I, I was looking so male at the point by that, and also I was taking hormones as well, so I looked very male, so I was too male to go in the female changing room, but then obviously in the male changing room, you know, getting out of the shower and realising that you've got breasts, well, it's not that I felt that anyone was going to attack me or assault me or anything like that. It was more a case of that I'd be seen, it would be like, why is there a woman in here? And I'd feel that I was sort of found out and be seen that I'm actually not, not male or what people think. And it's, it was situations like that that I found really uncomfortable. I was at a park with my uh, three-year-old daughter and she needed to use the restroom and she went running into the girls' room and I was physically blocked by a man from going into the restroom with her. When I walk into a public restaurant and people are looking at me and I want to use the restroom or something like that, I usually have to kind of judge what the crowd is like. There's a restaurant by my house, an Italian restaurant, that the people who eat there, you know, it's, it's elderly women and I don't want to go into a women's restroom and scare an elderly woman. I would rather sacrifice my own comfort. I'm Bob Green, CEO of Stonewall Housing. The world at the moment is not a safe place, unfortunately, for trans people. In the 21st century, there are still trans people who are suffering harassment, violent harassment, simply because of their gender identity. Also, and unfortunately, there are trans people who are self-harming and unfortunately committing suicide, simply because of the harassment and the abuse that they're facing from neighbours, from strangers, from family members. When I first transitioned, I didn't quite blend in as well as I do today. Sometimes I'd get abuse in the street, people shouting, you're an effing tranny, or did you used to be a bloke? And that really upset me and made me feel quite uncomfortable about leaving the house and going out in public. And sadly, many transgender people have to deal with this sort of abuse. But it doesn't end there. Some trans people have even been murdered simply for being transgender. murder trial of Alan Andrade is being closely watched. He is accused of killing Angie Zapata, a transgender female, last July. Angie was 18. Her sister discovered her body beaten to death in her Greeley apartment on Thursday. Police say a man from Thornton met a transgendered woman online and then killed the victim after discovering that sexual secret. Police arrested 31-year-old Alan Andrade today on charges including second-degree murder. Jim, they say he was cold, mad of fact and unremorseful when they interviewed him. They say he admitted he became so angry when he learned that Angie Zapata was transgendered that he beat her to death with a fire extinguisher. Gendered Intelligence is an organisation that supports young transgender people. They use art programmes and creative workshops across the UK to help increase the quality of life for under-25s. Jay works there and is transgender himself. 
The stories where people have experienced ongoing, persistent bullying throughout the whole of their school experience. I know that one young trans woman who we interviewed some years back, we were talking about primary school experience, and from that point right the way up till the end of her secondary school experience, she was bullied. And nothing was done about that. And I think for me, it's obviously serious um, serious harm, physical harm comes to people, but that ongoing, persistent bullying obviously manifests in a, a serious sort of set of psychological kind of responses and, and from that experience. And I think that's what we really need to look at. We need to look at the intervention that needs to take place. The story that I have in mind, I think some of the expressions that she was saying was that she just wanted to run away and she was always keen to run away. And when we asked people to tell their stories, one of the exercises we did was to create a timeline and to do some writing and drawing around that. Written underneath that was that she was wanted to kill herself, wanted to kill herself nearly all of her time. You know, not wanting to be here, not wanting to be alive, but somehow holding on to life for sort of a good decade, for me, you know, is going to be a very difficult life to lead. Here's looking at you, kid. who can help you if you feel you have questions about your gender. If you're feeling unhappy, it's important to talk to someone who can help you. Laura and I didn't have these organisations when we were growing up. A lot of the problems that I've experienced in my life has come from other people just not being ready to accept who I am. Many trans people experience family rejection and I've definitely had a kind of rocky relationship with my family over the years. And studies show that trans people who don't have a close relationship with their family are less likely to be employed, less likely to have good mental health and more likely to have drink and drug problems. Growing up, knowing she was transgender, Laura dealt with it in her own way. When I was young, I had periods of extreme dysphoria. My first memory of feeling gender dysphoria, I believe I was probably four years old. I remember watching a televised concert of Madonna on TV and looking at her and feeling a sense of identity.
that's me when I grow up. That's me as in like female, and also that's me as in I want I want to sing. I want to be a performer. You know, I want to be a musician. When I was younger, I, I started playing guitar when I was eight years old, and I and I started listening to, to you know getting into music when when I was seven or eight years old. I got my first Walkman when I was probably seven years old, and I was really into a lot of the eighties. Um, hair bands, metal bands, you know, bands like Poison, Skid Row, Guns N' Roses, um, Warrant. And what was appealing to me about a lot of those bands is that the people in the bands definitely blurred a gender line. You know, they would wear makeup, they had long hair. Some of, the, some of them, while now, may not be very pretty. They haven't aged well. Back then, they were definitely beautiful, you know, to me, looked like women in a lot of ways. Welcome to the jungle! The idea of, you know, rock and roll being an area where you can blur those lines freely and openly and it can be celebrated was definitely something that appealed to me. BBC Radio 1 Stories. Discover more. Blacking in and out in a strange flat in East London. Somebody I don't really know just gave me something to help settle me down and to stop me from always thinking about you. And you know your life is heading in a questionable direction When you're up for days of strangers and you can't remember anything Except the way you sounded when you told me you didn't know what I should do Like every other day And just like every boring blues When I get swallowed by the pain And so I fumble for your figure in the darkness Just to make it go away But you're not lying there any longer And I know that that's my fault So I've been pounding on the floor And I've been crawling up the walls And I've been dipping in my darkness With serotonin boosters Cider and some kind of smelling salts And this is Laura Jane Grace's punk rock transgender story. BBC Radio 1. Everybody wants to be loved for who they are. And coming out to your friends and family is one of the most difficult parts of coming to terms with being transgender. When you're young, it can be even harder. You're about to hear from Angela and her mother, Jane. Angela is 15 and transgender. We're not using their real names. And an actress speaks their words to protect their anonymity. Young people are not taken seriously if they come out as transgender to their family because they think it's just a phase and you're not serious about it. But there is evidence that supports that a person's brain is fully developed by the age of four. 
When I first started looking into transgender, I looked on the internet to find out what hormone treatment was out there and how soon I could get the hormone blockers to stop my natural puberty. Hormone blockers would halt my puberty and if I did decide that I wanted to carry on with my natural puberty, I could just come off them and carry on going on with my normal puberty. I've had friends that started off fine with me being transgender, but then ended up being really negative. They would constantly try and annoy me and irritate me and make me feel bad. I was very frightened when I came out to my family. Even though my mum has been very supportive, I still wasn't sure how she would react. The fact my family have supported me means so much to me. As I grow up, I can't exactly ride my luck, as I know I've been lucky not to get picked on or anything, and I know I will come into difficulties, and I'll have to deal with them when they come. I'm a little young now to be thinking of relationships, but I hope I find someone who would love me and want to be with me for me, and that I can tell them who I am, and they would be okay with it. Hi, my name's Jade and I'm Angela's mum. The reason I asked for anonymity was to try and retain the option for Angela to be stealth. And when I say stealth, I mean not to be outed as a transgender woman to the mass public. I feel that I should give Angela that option. So, like, if she went from school to university, she might not want everyone to know about her previous life. Angela first told me she was a girl about 11 years ago, so when she was about four... And at first I thought it was maybe a phase that she was going through. And if it was a phase, I wasn't going to stop her from doing it. So she got her Barbies and then her Barbie bedding. But at four, I didn't know how I was going to go about supporting her as a girl. So I sat her down and said, you're very young to be doing this just now. But if you feel the same when you're older and old enough to make your own decisions, then that's fine by me. So it sort of went away for 10 years. But I wasn't 100% sure I had a daughter till Angela told me last May. And then I was absolutely sure but even then it was still a really big bombshell there have been some communities out there who've said that giving hormone pills to young teenagers is a form of child abuse to them I say ask the children ask the young people because they do know from all the research I've done and I have done an awful lot of research young teenagers who do present as trans are not going to desist I know that there are a lot of young people who are not getting the timely treatment to get puberty blockers and they're very distressed and are self-harming or even attempting suicide because they're not getting the treatment they're needing right now in puberty. For any parents listening, please, please support your children because that's who they are and they still need your love and they still need your support. If you're growing up and if you've got real questions about your gender, the biological changes of puberty can be really distressing and upsetting. And actually, there are medications that can help delay that. So that gives people the time to think about what they want to do and explore how they feel and then their options. So there are things called puberty blockers. They're hormone blockers that are taken under specialist medical supervision. And for those people that are seriously questioning their gender and are about to start puberty. So puberty blockers will suppress those biological hormones that bring out those changes in puberty so they can delay the growth of sexual organs but also the production of hormones that produce sexual characteristics of puberty so there'll be a delay of suppression of facial hair and body hair delay of voice changes and for girls a delay of breast development and menstruation having a period it's important at this point if you are having questions and serious questions is to get the medical help early and it may involve speaking to your parents or speaking to somebody about it to get that help that you need early but it's important to do that so then you've got you're open to all the options that you need to be open to Um, the effect of puberty blockers are fully reversible and now the age that you can have them has been lowered to 12 years old 
If I could go back and talk to my 16-year-old self, that's a difficult question, just because I don't blame my 16-year-old self for dealing with things the way I dealt with. I didn't have any resources. I didn't have anyone to look up to. I didn't have any information. There was nothing else I could have done. If I could go back and be a friend to my 16-year-old self and, and tell my 16-year-old self things I know now, that that would be the biggest thing, is, is just explaining that it's okay, you know, that there's no reason to feel ashamed for the way you feel and that there's nothing wrong with you and that, you know, you're not a pervert, that you just need to address what you're, what you're feeling as opposed to suppressing what you're feeling. people just don't really know what transgender is and don't know how to deal with it. Jamie is someone who stood up to his fears about coming out and talks about facing these fears head on. I spent so many years worrying about what other people would think about me being transgender and that they would find it horrible and so confusing and that they'd never be able to get over it. I think mainly it was it was really my fear that kept me back. Not telling anyone in the first place didn't improve anything, it just meant I felt terrible and they didn't know so they couldn't do anything. It's only when I told people. So you have to sort of trust that people might be better than you think they are. I mean, I was most worried about my parents. I think that's the fear that really kept me from coming out for a lot of years. I think I kept seeing myself or the situation from their perspective and like how it would be to have your child change gender. I was just afraid that their lives would be made harder and that they'd feel like I'd become a failure in their eyes. But that wasn't really the case. In my mind, it's almost a shame that I waited so long to come out. I don't think, you know, five years ago that their response would have been that different. Like, I just didn't give them enough trust in the first place. No one is really talking about trans issues, even in the same way that they're talking about gay people. Like, there's much more of a presence there. And I think you have no idea how people will react, because the only way you've heard them talk about trans issues is probably insulting someone, saying someone's a man in a dress, or saying something really derogatory. That's the only frame of reference you have as a young person. About a year before I came out, or decided to come out, we played a show in New York City, and this this trans woman who now and uh, who I now know as January was at the show. Um, I had seen her at, at shows that we'd play for years prior, but when I had seen her before, I knew her as a boy. Um, when I saw her at that show in New York City that we played, I immediately saw what was happening and that she was transitioning. And seeing that, seeing a fan who was coming out to his shows, watching my band, um, and had been coming out for years, and seeing her embracing herself and her identity and living authentically, 
Meanwhile, I wasn't doing that. I just felt like a coward. And I felt like that, in a way, like I owed it to people to to accept myself and to be open with myself. And seeing her transition and seeing, you know, how beautiful she was, was inspiring to me. I wanted to tell you, I wanted to share some important details that you're unaware of. I want you to listen, I want you to care. I'll choke to death if I don't clear the air. It's not a secret that I obsess, and then I get angry, and then I get stressed. And you can't imagine, and you can't compare, you have no frame of reference, and then you get scared. I'm doing my best to help make you see that it's not your fault when I beg and I plead. It's much easier just to go back to sleep, but we gotta find a place to start, because I'm falling apart. gender we tend to see things in black and white or rather pink and blue girl or boy and there's no in between but everybody has a gender identity and it's not that simple perhaps you're listening to this and you see yourself as a girly girl or a tomboy or perhaps you're a macho man or a metrosexual for some people they're in between these people see themselves as gender fluid or gender queer you don't have to be male or female tom is gender fluid most of the time I present as male or as a transgender male just because it's, I suppose, easier for me to navigate society and it kind of matches how I look. I think for some people there is a reason they feel more comfortable as one or the other. I think that an assumption that is made is that has to apply to everybody and I think sort of throughout my transition I've realised more and more that that doesn't have to be the case and that I, yeah, I don't have to be constrained to these sort of two boxes because neither of them completely fit me really. Gender can move throughout a person 
person's life. It doesn't have to be fixed with what they're born with. Hundreds if not thousands of people throughout the UK alone that are kind of proof that it doesn't have to be that way and that, you know, you can live out whatever gender, whether that's boy, girl or, or something completely different, you can you can be whatever you feel most comfortable with. You know, being boy or a girl is, is based on what sort of genitals you have is something that's becoming more and more outdated as a view. I don't think I'm confused and I'm much happier now than I've ever been in my life. That's evidence enough to me that, that this is definitely right for me. You see me on the Especially when, when puberty hit and I was a teenager, I turned to drugs and to drinking. When I would get stoned, I felt like I could accept myself better and it didn't trouble me. And drinking made me forget about it. Doing cocaine made me feel nothing. So those were kind of my three drugs of choice. these were really long-term solutions to any of the problems and often led more so to more extreme bouts of dysphoria when you'd sober up. While it may feel good when you're high, the next morning when you're low, um, you get really low. and you're listening to BBC Radio 1. We all have places that we like to go and hang out. Maybe it's a bar or a sports club or just chilling out in the park. But for transgender people, these simple places can mean getting looked at and getting harassed. But it's important for everyone to have places where they feel open and completely safe. Open Barbers in Islington in London is a place where transgender people can do just that. It's run by Felix and Gregory, and I had a chat with them to see why they feel a place like this is so important. 
Felix, you organised this night. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Open Barbers is a pay-what-you-can LGBT-friendly hairdressing service. And I run it with Gregory, and we do it twice a week. It's open to anybody who is trans-identified to come and get a haircut in a safe and friendly and respectful environment. Gregory, how important is it to have a space like Open Barbers? I think there's a, there's a sense of relief in knowing that the project even exists for some people before they've even come here. Um, we've had people who've become very excited just in their initial email contact with us to say, I can't believe a space like this exists. Do you think the public are uneducated when it comes to transgender issues? I mean, I, I encounter people who don't know what LGBT stands for. Well, go on then, what does it stand for? Uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. I find that surprising that people don't know what that means because of the way that we're brought up in society. From the minute you're born, you're you're gendered. When a child is born, the first thing that people ask is, is it a boy or a girl? And so I think we're taught from really early on that you're the gender that you were given at birth and that's just how it is. And how can getting a haircut help transgender people? I think it can make people feel good about the way they look good about how they're moving through the world and how they're presenting themselves. It can make them feel secure in their identity or more secure in their identity. If they're not sure about how they're feeling gender-wise, it's a way of saying, well, maybe I can try this haircut and see how it feels because it's not permanent change, like hair will always grow, and if they don't like it, they can have something different. Realising that you're transgender can still be the start of a real struggle and a journey for many people. But actually, things are starting to get better. A lot of trans people, myself included, are in stable, loving relationships, have careers that they enjoy, and are just basically happy, normal people. When I went to my first ever transgender social group, it just felt like coming home. There are other people like me. This must mean that I'm okay. Yeah, it feels amazing. It feels like I have so much more sort of enjoyment in life and that I have a real life now. Transgender people are just people. We've got exactly the same hopes and fears as everybody else. And, you know, we just want to be able to walk down the street without being called a freak. Knowing that every morning that I wake up and I know that I'm me and that I can look at myself in the mirror and I see the person that I've always been looking back at me, I feel now I live an honest life to who I am. It is not all about surgery. Trans people live a happy life without the need for surgery. Whatever's between your legs does not make you who you are. Sometimes boys have a vagina and sometimes girls have a penis. The important thing within that, though, is to remember that we're all individuals and actually we have the right to feel and identify our gender as we want and feel comfortable with. And that's just as valid and needs to be respected. Don't be afraid to ask questions, but remember... Just make sure they're respectful before you open your mouth. Any of the terms like homophobia, transphobia, things like that, they all, the, the phobia comes from the unknown and people don't get a chance to learn enough about us. So that's why I'm so open about it. And I think just for one person taking note of what I'm saying, you know, the next time they meet one of us, they won't be so surprised. If you'd like to head over to Twitter, I'll be on Twitter continuing the conversation with several gender organisations ready to answer your questions about gender. Just use hashtag BBC Trans. If you want a more private conversation, there'll be web links to organisations on this show's BBC iPlayer site, and that will be up for seven days. If you know someone who's transgender, or if you yourself have feelings of unhappiness about your gender, then talk to someone, be it your family or a friend. Having support from anyone in life, knowing that you are loved and accepted for who you are, is important to everyone. Coming out has affected my relationship with family and friends in many ways. My mother has been completely supportive 
and understanding and has has gone on to educate herself about trans issues. It's completely ended my relationship with my father. We don't talk anymore. My relationship with my wife, I feel like, has been strengthened. My daughter is three years old. I feel like that I'm just beginning to tackle a lot of the issues that will come up with her. She's embraced using the right pronouns. She's embraced referring to me as she or her. But there's definitely awkward moments, and I'm sure there'll be more awkward moments. I'm fearful over what she'll eventually think of me, but it's definitely scary, and it's definitely daunting, and I've not necessarily got everything figured out. I'm just kind of learning as I go and, and taking each situation on as it, as it comes. In general, I think that everyone in the world would agree that it's important to have the support of their loved ones around you. You need people in life to to be there for you. You can't you can't take life on completely by your by yourself, you know. But it's important that the people you surround yourself with actually support who you really are. Um, feeling like your relationships are based on a presumption or that they're inaccurate in the reasons why people like you. It's no, it's no way to live. You have to sacrifice a bit of yourself like that. And you shouldn't have to sacrifice anything of yourself with someone who really loves you or is your, is your true friend. If they're your true friend or they really love you, they'll accept you for who you are. I know it's dark here. You know what? I'm scared too. For some reason right now, with everything but you. And right now you're all that I recognize You know I came here When I needed your soft voice I needed to hear something That sounded like an answer Now I'm here And sometimes I get one And it's nothing I forget When the moon gets tired Talk to me every day Believe in what I am Because it's all that I have today And tomorrow knows where we'll be And from here I can hardly see a thing But I would follow anyone who brings me to you For now
electric blanket. We could stay at a southern summer wedding day. Go plug in your electric blanket. We can stay. 